With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. I'm your host, Chet, joined by my co-host, Tyler, down in the swamps, and Jacob, somewhere in Pennsylvania, Alabama, or Mississippi. I don't know where you're at this weekend. How's everybody doing on this wonderful 4th of July weekend? Good. Good to have you back on the show. Yeah, we we, uh, we, we missed you a little bit. I know I had to hold down the fort a little bit. Uh, so we, we, we're good to have you back. Yeah, and y'all, y'all did a great job last week. I was sitting on a beach somewhere up the west coast or east coast of Jamaica. I don't know. I got landed, hopped on the bus, took a nap, and I was in paradise. So I listened to the show last week on my drive home. Uh, y'all did a wonderful job. Uh, we're missing Wade this week. He's uh, traveling for 4th of July, so he's not able to join us. But we'll have him back next week. Uh, and next week, stay tuned, we might have a secret appearance from NASCAR Neil. Who knows? A little something in the works here. We'll get a live audio input from NASCAR Neil. Uh, but the, like I said, it's 4th of July weekend. It's Sunday night at 1030. So we are packed 12 after dark. Mr. Futch had to close down the Home Depot, so, you know, we we had to wait on him to get in for his wonderful golf input. Uh, But to kick off this 4th of July episode, I want to hear y'all's favorite patriotic sports moments. I was trying to find 4th of July sports moments. Not a lot happens on the 4th of July, considering I think it's all pretty much baseball that's in in sport. So let's sit with uh, Tyler. What's your favorite patriotic sports moment? Nothing's more patriotic than waking up at 10 a.m. in the morning, especially if you're on Central Time like me, waking up to Nathan's hot dog eating contest and just watching Joey Chestnut eat 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Like, I could probably eat maybe five if I'm lucky because my stomach can only take so many hot dogs. But, yeah, that's just insane. I 
I mean, I know that a lot of people don't like watching it because how gross it is. They're just over there chomping and like they're like water, hot dog, water, bread, hot dog, and it's like there's some type of strategy in it. Like I'm a subscriber to Matt Stoney. Like he, I actually like watch his videos and stuff. So I, I root for him. But Joey Chestnut is just a legend at the sport. I mean, he just won. I feel like every year. I'm pretty sure he does win every year. I've not seen anyone else win. How does this even show up when he, he just knows, yeah, I'm going to win this, so, you know, I can just take my time of it. But, yeah, that man's a legend, and I got to give him credit for what he does because I couldn't do it. I believe he set the record last year with 76 yeah. hot dogs in 10 minutes. I could probably guzzle down 12, you know, chuck a yeah. bottle of water, get the old throat hole nice and, you know, lubricated up for the hot dogs and just – go to town the the hard part is the bread yeah uh, i mean they like douse the bread but you would think when it gets doughed up like a ball it just makes it harder and harder but i I don't know i'm not a professional eater if i if i eat too much like that i'd tell you i wouldn't be getting off the couch the next day i i can't say that i don't think it should count when they have the hot dog bun separate I, i there's no way like, hey, uh, here's a half. Like, can we get instead of holes, just halves? Of like, can we can we start with halves on there? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. What you're saying, Futch, is that they need to incorporate a rule where the hot dog has to stay in the bun. Correct. And so instead like, of water, it, it was just dousing these things in ketchup and mustard and throwing them back. Yeah. That, that that needs I mean, to be that's the legit way to eat a hot dog. But the problem is like. I don't know anybody in their right mind that would take a bun and just douse it in the water and say, well, let me just roll it up in some sort of like ball and just shove it in my mouth. But yeah, I, I've, I don't understand. Like you would see so less hot dogs eaten and I feel like it would be a lot more competitive. No, I like seeing Joey test up every year, but he just breaks his own records and everything. But I would like to see less hot dogs. It's insane how they prepare for that. I believe you know, they don't eat anything for, I, I know, morning of and maybe the pre- previous day, but they have to stretch their stomachs. And it, he's not that big of a dude either, but I wonder how much – they should weigh him before and after, see how much weight they gain. Um, you know, it brings it to one of my favorite episodes of The Office where Michael has them all, you know, do a hot dog eating contest to, to show, uh, let's see, uh, like determination and will and who can lead the office – after he leaves and they're just throwing them back. Once they learn that whoever wins the contest is the new manager of Thunder Mifflin. Um, but like Tyler said, it's a, it's a hard sport to watch. It does get a little gross at times, uh, but competitive eating is no joke. So Fudge, what's your uh, favorite patriotic sports moment? Well, um, one thing before, before we move on, but as far as weight wise, um, so I did find an article that uh, Chestnut had revealed um, he's gained like up to 24 pounds during a 10 minute contest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's insane. He's got to wear the stretchy pants. He can't be showing up in jeans. <laughs> yeah, he'd be he'd like, like he'd be flying everywhere. One size, he'd be like a medium before the event. He'd be like extra large by the end of it. 20. That man said. That guy said that before, like, he's wearing a medium up on stage, but when he gets off the stage, they got to hand him an extra large. For, you know. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's wild. That, that is, is wild. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, I guess. So, yeah, uh, my patriotic sports moment is probably the Maryland and Ice in 1980 Winter Olympics. Um, I think that's just the ultimate 
American showdown that everybody came together for. Uh, I mean, you're Russians that had won for four years in a row, four times defending champions that came back uh, and looking to win the fifth in a row. And, and the U.S. came out of nowhere in a year that nobody ever thought they would win. Um, and to do it in their home country here in the U.S. Um, at Lake Placid, which uh, was just something special uh, that I think every American should uh, should know about. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I know I think my uh, miracle and ice knowledge uh, kind of comes from the movie, and I believe Tyler yeah, as well. But uh, And that was also submitted from our friends over at Patriot Sports Radio, uh, producer Chris, and in that his favorite uh, – Sports moment or patriotic sports moment was the miracle on ice, and he sent that in all caps miracle. As soon as he sent that, I knew what he was talking about. Uh, and uh, we posted that to our Twitter page. So if you want to chime in on other Twitter questions, give us a follow at Sports Scramble 4. A little shameless plug there. Um, but you know, seeing Team USA in the Olympics is always wonderful. You mm-hmm. chime in, they usually win the majority of the medals, so we, we dominate, which is great. Um, I know we have a few listeners in Germany, so I'm sorry about that. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, so it was the Soviet Union that they played, so Germany had nothing to do with it. Oh, no, I'm just saying in Olympic in uh, general. Uh, I'm pulling up our analytics right now. We have 2% of our listeners are from Germany, and 1% is from Jamaica, man. Maybe somebody I told about hey, the podcast. We, got, we got the podcast out there to Jamaica. Like I said last week, we're taking it one country at a time. Yeah, so, I mean, we got some in France, Egypt. Hey, we need, some, hey, we need some listeners in Canada by my ancestors used to be. Like, come on. <laughs> tell, tell me uh, tell me how y'all built the pyramids on there in Egypt. So, I mean, we'll have you on the show. But uh, so with my favorite sports moment, it's got to be the Ryder Cup. I didn't get into it until recently with my newfound love of golf. Uh, but I know the Europeans won, I think, four years in a row, four or five. Uh, and then last year, the United States, the slaughter on the water, as some call it. Uh, they just came in and kicked butt with a 19-9 to victory. Uh, you know, that's really where Scotty Scheffler kind of got his start with his jump to fame when he defeated, at the time, world number one John Rahm. I, don't, I think he, he ended up beating him with three holes left. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but, I mean, that just kind of propelled him into stardom, and then we all know what he did this year. So, but, uh, you know, getting into the golf talk, we'll talk a little bit about the Live Golf Tour that happened uh, this past weekend. Mr. Brandon Grace wins the first U.S.-based event, pocketing a cool $4.3 million. So a little easy money there for a three-day weekend golf trip. Um, And in terms of the team event, the Black Aces, which is headlined by Dustin Johnson, followed with Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, who shot an 80 on Saturday, plus eight overall. And Taylor Gooch, uh, they took on the team event uh, competition that weekend. I mean, what, what do you think, Futch? You think we'll get you over there? You shoot plus eight on the tournament, and, you know, take a, a $10 million signing bonus. Does that work out for you? Dude, absolutely. Come on. Bring it on. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have to work another day in my life, and uh, that'd be real nice to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, if someone they could pay me $1 million, I'd probably go play it. I mean, I don't know. 
then and it kind of gets into the into the background of who's funding it with it being the saudi regime and people have their own thoughts about that which you know is bad but we talked about it previously on the show uh, a lot of the the pga tour does dealings in china uh, where they've been linked to some pretty bad stuff over there um one of the main protests that's been coming out and phil mickelson's been getting hammered by would be the families of the 9-11 victims they have been uh, just absolutely hammering this event they were protested at the beginning of it um and, you know i feel i feel for these families for sure and my all of my respect um goes out to them and it's and I see why they're protesting it. I mean, it's they're, they're, they were personally attacked through the 9-11 attacks with, I believe, 11 of the 15 terrorists on the planes were from Saudi Arabia. That uh, Don't fact check me on that. I was, I was pretty young at the time. I believe I was three years old when it happened. Um, but, it's, it, you know, everybody's got their own opinions. But in, in the end, I think these golfers, the, I watch these press conferences and the journalists ask Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, DJ, all about, you know, the, for example, the 9-11 families and what the Saudi regime does. And I think Phil's really the only one that's given kind of an answer dancing around that question. But the rest of them are just like, we're, we're just golfers. We have no political ties. We're just here to play golf and make money. And in the end, they're not even really playing golf that competitively. They're still bringing home major cash. I mean, you're guaranteed $120,000 if you finish last place. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that, Fudge. What, what do you – how do you feel about this whole situation? Um, I don't know. Looking at it, I know we've only had two events. Um, I, I don't know if it's like it could be a setup for all we know. It could be a setup and guys are tossing one week and then saying, hey, we'll let you, you know, take it home next week or whatever it may be. Um, so everybody gets their, you know, their big cut. Because um, that might be what it is. I mean, a lot of these guys work together. I mean, we see them competitively on the course, but most of them are buddies on the course. And a lot of them are, you know, co- they, they're, they're sponsors with TaylorMade together. And, you know, heck, they go on vacation. Their families go on vacation together or what it may be. You know, like Jordan Spieth and, and Justin Thomas are best friends. Um, so, I mean, it's stuff like that. I mean, uh, I think – Guys have each other's back in a sense, and at the same time, um, I wish that, like Justin Thomas had said, um, I guess in a press conference the other day, it said, you know, I wish that they would just come forward and acknowledge that they're doing it for the money, um, because it doesn't seem to be that way, you know, and and it just seems to be, hey, we're just going to combat the PGA Tour and just try to put them under a ton of pressure. Right, right. To yeah. change to change what they're doing, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you, you saw at the U.S. Open, the guys were playing practice rounds together. Um, I will say once it came to the competition, none of the lift guys besides DJ really had any effect on the tournament. Um, and then he kind of fell out of the rankings there on the last day. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because they are given, like, talking points for their interviews, comment cards, kind of what to say when they up there, because these, some of these reporters are asking the hard hitting questions, which I respect, you know, but Tyler's going to be one of these reporters one day. I want him to ask the hard hitting questions, not just give them softballs. Uh, but I heard this on another podcast where it's all fine and dandy right now until God forbid 
something, another attack or something terrible happens and they get asked about that and they have to defend um, this attack. Because when you think about it, you just signed a, a four-year, $125 million contract if you're Dustin Johnson. You're going you're gonna to have to say whatever they tell you to say. Or you probably have to pay your money back. Or you might not pay your money back, but you might not be playing golf anymore because I'm sure they have other ways of taking care of that. So that's the uh, it'll hopefully it doesn't come to this, but you know if something like that happens, I'm interested to see what what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised there haven't been more questions about certain things. I wouldn't say so much an attack again. I would say you know without getting political, I would say you know a lot of money comes back and forth between the United States and in Saudi Arabia. Right, uh, a lot of government money goes back and forth through there. Um, and most of that is due to major gas and oil uh, production. So I, I would say I'm surprised in today's day and age where everybody who's listening to this knows that you're paying a lot of money in the gas pump right now. And that, you know, I'm surprised they're not asking them, hey, how do you feel about, you know, these hey, Americans hey, at home getting hit with these huge gas prices? You know, I, I can see right, right. Exactly. Maybe our gas prices might be increasing because they got to pay these guys salaries now. I mean, they, <laughs> they've shelled out like I think they're at two billion dollars for this year's. So I mean, Tyler's out there filling up the Sonata, costing them probably close to sixty, eighty dollars on that bad boy because DJ's making one hundred twenty-five million dollars. I mean, how do you feel <laughs> about that, Tyler? What's, what's your you tell Dustin Johnson fill your tank up? To be honest with you, like, I'm not really a fan of all this live golf thing. I think it's just a mess. If you want a comparison, I think this is going to end up like the XFL. It's going to die within, like, the year. I I just don't think, like, it's like the two-way road between the PGA Tour and the live golf is rubbed me the wrong way. You know, like, the PGA Tour comes out like, like, oh, we're going to suspend, you know, the the golfers that go on the live golf, and the week after they get to play in the U.S. Open. So, I mean – if you're going to, like, suspend them, I mean, you can't just be like, oh, you can play in this event, but you can't play in this event. Oh, wait, but come back in a couple of weeks and play in this event. I just – I don't know. I just feel like the PJ Tour just needs to do a better job of, of trying to restricting more of these athletes going to live golf because there's – I mean, like y'all said, live golf is pretty much all about the money, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it, I wa- try to watch it on YouTube. It looks like the scoreboard is like a Fortnite event going on. Yeah, the graphics are <laughs> insane. Um, and to kind of combat the money, the PGA Tour did uh, announce that they were upping some of their purses. Uh, I know the, I believe the PGA Championship is going to be, let's see, I had it pulled up right here. Let me pull uh, 25. The PGA Championship purse will be up to $25 million um, from $20 million, so an extra $5 million. Um, they'll also another six other tournaments will grow to a $20 million purse. Um, and they also will in 2024 will return to a calendar year schedule, which I like that because yeah, golf's fun year round, but these guys need a break. And some of these, you know, the higher ranked players don't really have to start until around the masters because they have enough FedEx cup points, but it's, it's I think it's going to hurt the guys that are up and coming trying to get points and get an edge on these guys that are finishing top 10 every week. Um, they also announced that they'll be adding three new no cut tournaments, which matches the lives golf system. So should be interesting to see what happens over there. I know live golf is still making a huge push to get tiger woods. 
which from their standpoint, Tiger's not playing any PGA events. He's just playing in the in the majors. But I don't think Tiger leaves the PGA Tour. I mean, he basically – the P, he is holding the PGA Tour on its shoulders, on his shoulders at this moment. Um, but to, yeah. I guess shift – or go ahead. I mean, one point that you had there, you know, a major thing is with the guys that are up and coming – um, and their chances of making the PGA Tour, keeping their PGA Tour card. What a lot of people that don't pay attention to a lot of golf realize is that once you get towards the end, once we get to like the playoffs and the FedEx Cup Championship, it's very difficult uh, for these guys. I mean, there's cuts. Every, like You're not cut for not making the cut, basically. I mean, that's it, you get to a certain point where you're not even able to play in that tournament that week because you don't have enough FedEx Cup points or you're not high enough in the FedEx Cup standings to even play. Uh, you know, the playoff race, some of those purses are outrageous amounts of money, uh, and, and a lot of these young guys can't even do it. I mean, one – a lot of these guys – I mean, that's why you see Will Zalatoris only been in the league – in the league in, – in the tour for uh, a little while, and he's ranked, what, in the top ten in FedEx Cup points? I mean – but he showed yeah. second place, or his top tens like crazy just to get there. Right, exactly, yeah. I mean, Scotty Scheffler just won a lot of tournaments, and that's where he's at. I mean, you can't expect these guys to stay up there forever because um, there will be a time. I mean, I'll go on record saying there will be a time that Scotty Scheffler might not make the cut for a tour championship. I mean, it, that's just how it is because you get inside the top 80 there with only two tournaments left to go. And that's it. I mean, so it, it's it's big time there at the end. Yeah, and one interesting thing to note about the FedEx Cup points, I believe, I may be wrong, when it comes down to the to the last tournament of the year, the, the championship, um, they they start, like I believe last year, Patrick Cantlay started at 10 under. I mean, nobody's catching that. And I believe they start you based on your FedEx Cup points. Um, so do. if Scotty's still leading, he'll start way under par, and he'll probably have a pretty good chance of cashing in a clean $17 million. Um, and so, I mean, with that said, we can talk about what many people call the fifth major in golf, the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run. Um, one interesting uh, – I want to go to this one day because it looks like, the you know, nobody really cares about this tournament for the most part, because everybody's focused on the British Open and whatnot coming up and then the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, but they had a John Deere tractor that you could putt with. They had mm-hmm. a big life-size golf ball with a big, like, three-footer out hole, and you could make putts with your tractor. That's something I want to do one day. So maybe we'll have to take a trip out to, I believe it's in Iowa. Is that right? Uh, Illinois. Illinois. We'll take a sports scramble trip out to Illinois. We'll put on the tractor. So I want to see Tyler. How far do you think you can make it with this tractor? Like, how long of a putt could you make? Uh, depends on the torque of this tractor. <laughs> you got to think the ball itself is like four foot around, so you hit it once and scroll it at least ten feet. The man said, "How much horsepower that tractor?" Yeah, got? how much horsepower <laughs> this tractor got? We can go as long as we want. <laughs> Tyler could go out there and plow some fields and then come in and hit some golf balls with this tractor. But hey. the uh, it came down to the wire. Sugarcane fields. Yeah, there you go. You bring out the sugarcane fields, and we can yeah. get you a golf course you got made out there. All around. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you practicing in your backyard. Yep. 
But uh, this tournament came out of the wire. JT Poston uh, ended up winning. I believe it's his second or third PGA Tour win. He won a few years ago. Uh, I believe the final score was 22 under. I got to give a huge shout out to our friends over at Plus Money Golf, part of the Patriots Sports Radio Network. They had him pick the win. They they cashed in a major payday this weekend. He was 42 to 1 odds last time I heard. So, if they, you put some sprinkle some money on that, you talk about some cash. So, check out I the, think I think they got an inside job going over there at the Plus <laughs> I was talking to Christy uh, earlier before the show. Past Four out of six tournaments, they've picked the winner outright. Man, Vegas is going to find out what they're doing over there. They no <laughs> almost had me last week. I had, I know y'all talked about it a little bit. I had Kisner finishing top five, and he missed that birdie putt, and he finished sixth. Well, if you also listen to the show, Jacob had a bet for him to win. <laughs> it was going to be a $550 payout. I almost put money on him when he was twenty five or plus 25000 yeah, uh, and then I saw. I mean, Xander Schauffele just dominated that tournament. Almost lost it in the end. I should have put money on Figala. I, I, I thought about it. Guy, I looked at it and oh, I thought about it. Wow, I was. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the end of this and I'm going, "Wow!" I said, "This is this is something." I never thought. Like normally, a lot of the rookies on the last day, you see them start getting worn out, especially in events like that. Um, so I thought. I mean. Kisner was number one in strokes game putting that week, and I was like, all right, we can have a problem. And he tees off the first hole, that amazing second shot into the green, and then he missed the birdie putt, and I was like, well, I said, that's it. Yeah, that's going to bite us in the end. I mean, one stroke away from finishing tied fifth, and I was like, come on, man. You're killing me, kids. I've got his ain't no hobby driver cutter on my back, driver cover on my bag, so I'm still repping him. Um, And I mean, this, this coming week, you've got the Pro-Am, big names, Scotty Scheffler, Max Holmluck, Mr. Tiger Woods himself, Roy McIlroy, all those guys over in Ireland playing. I saw a video today on Twitter. Tiger Woods landed on the driving range in a private helicopter. You know you've reached pinnacle goat status when they just drop you off on the range. There you go, Tiger. Hey. Listen, one thing before we move on too far. So back to the John Deere Classic. The crazy this this is how wild the PGA Tour is with with certain young players and stuff. Jordan Spieth got his big break at the John Deere Classic. Yeah, hold out. For he got an bunker. exemption. Yeah. He got an exemption to play in that tournament, and came out and ended up winning because he played in Texas. He played in the uh, AT and T Byron right. Nelson. Yep. And he got an exemption to play at the John Deere. Um and turned and he holed out from the bunker there, and that was the craziest thing. And like from that point on, it was like the Jordan Speeth show for a while. And I don't know, like JT po- JT Poston he's kind of hung on there. I've watched the, the standings and he's kind of been there the whole time. Yeah, he's Just been hanging out, hanging the out the past few weeks. Yeah, so, I mean, he's cashing out. He's getting FedEx Cup points. And I, is it another Jordan Spieth? I don't know. But well, So it, he's qualified um, for the British Open, correct? Correct. Yeah, so maybe listeners sprinkle a little money on JT Post and a little top 25 finish called the British Open. Hard to hear first, well, folks. Well, well here's, here's the deal. With the British Open, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week a little more, but 
the British Open, you got to go with who plays the best golf in extreme conditions because by the time Saturday and Sunday roll around, it's either going to be very windy or very wet. One of the two. It just that's just how it is. I can't help myself, and I, I'm sure Tyler. Maybe you'll join me on this a little ten dollar bet on a plus six thousand odds for Tiger to win it. I, mean, I think I'm, I'm retired from betting since until football season. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> yeah, ten dollars to win you six hundred bucks. I mean, why? It's a flat course. The, Tiger's biggest issue has been walking that course, which, like you said, we'll we'll, we'll go into more detail on this next week when we preview the British Open. But I just got to say, if you see some high odds on Tiger, sprinkle a little cash. You know he. Hasn't been in the mix, but he's made the cut the past two majors he's played. He took some time off. We'll see how he does on the Pro-Am this week, which will be televised, so it should be interesting. Um, And speaking of that, I did see a picture from, I believe, Max Homa walking the course, drinking a beer, playing a practice round. So that's how that's going down there for the boys in Ireland. Um, But it should be that it's going to be a heck of a major with all the big names coming out to the home of golf, St. Andrews. like, I, I heard you mention on the show last week, Fudge, some people wait 80 years to get a tea time. I actually know someone that played there. Um, he's from Scotland. He said it was one of the, the coolest golfing experiences of his life. So if we ever find ourselves in Scotland and know somebody that knows somebody that's related to somebody that's married to somebody's brother, who knows? Maybe we can work it out. I just want to play, I believe it's the 17th. That you gotta take it over the building. Yeah, you gotta hit it I over the hotel. Play, I, I, that's all I want to. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I'm good. So speaking of the PGA Tour, y'all play any golf this week? What's going on uh, in preparations for the match? Um, so I, I played in Mobile, Alabama, with a with an old high school friend. Uh, so so we went out and played. Uh, it was a little muddy. It had rained a little bit, uh, so it was cart path only. Playing on uh, an LPGA course uh, in Alabama. So uh, so whatever score you made is voided because you were playing from the women's tees. Not exactly. <laughs> I was probably playing from where the LPGA women play from, which is probably farther than where me and Tyler play from. So, probably, so you probably played a little harder course. <laughs> so not voided. When you hit the ball and you go drive down the cart path, you can't drive on the fairway because the cart path only, and you walk out there and you go, hmm, where's my ball? And I got to go look for a giant hole in the ground to find my ball that fell out of the sky uh, and that is submerged in the ground. But no, I'm on the first. This this capped it off, and I knew it was going to be a terrible day when this happened. First hole, my buddy puts it in the bunker. And, of course, it's rained. The bunkers are rock hard at this point. And I'm standing on the far right portion of the green. Mind you, the flag is on the far left portion of the green. This man opens his club face, hits the ball. The club doesn't hit the sand, straight ball. Well, the ball comes directly at me, and it is it hit me directly in the kneecap. Oh, my, man. My <laughs> kneecap is straight purple. Like, I have a purple – there are six golf ball dimples still on my knee. Oh, my yes. gosh. That's <laughs> right, this man to go golf. <laughs> yeah, watch out when, when Austin's in I the I don't know track. if I want to go golfing with him because I know we're trying to plan a 
trip for three of us to go golfing. I might have to back out on that opportunity. He's just going to come at my kneecaps. I don't want to torn ACL for a year. I don't know. Uh, Tyler and I hit, were practicing today. Tyler was sending me videos trying to intimidate me of his wedge practice. I went out to the range, That's got my driver. Oh, you were practicing other shots too? You no. sent me the wedge shots. No, I made an investment. I made an investment this past week of a hitting net. I went okay. to the old the old academy. I was like, I, I'm done going to the driving range. I want something that I can just go out in the backyard and have, you know, the peace and quiet. None of all the other golfers distracted me. I went out to academy, got a hitting net, got a golfing mat, and be like, all right, we improving the game. We're, we're we're going to take a break, take a month break from, you know, hitting the course, and we're just going to hit the lab, practice, 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 and that's all I've been doing this week. What I need some sort of simulator or, you know, something <laughs> like I got that I'm I eventually getting to that. But... Yeah. Or you get a little Garmin R10 thing put behind yeah. you so you could track your shots, see where you're hitting them and where to improve. Uh, I went out to the range today because I do like using my simulator, but it's 145 degrees in Houston, Texas. Uh, and my simulator's in my attic, so I would die. So 200 uh, degrees. <laughs> yeah, so I go out to the range, um, which it is the range that we will be having our match on. So I'm scoping out the course while I'm out there, getting a little inside information. Awesome. You will have home field advantage. Yes. So, uh, but I figured out something with my driver today. I was using a little bit too much hips, took the, kind of dialed that back, was hitting absolute bombs. So after I spent some time on the range, I went over to the chipping green. Practicing my chips, working on some flop shots, different types of, of wedge shots to play. Well, last ball of the day, I was like, you know what? Let's see if I can hit an insane flop shot, Phil Mickelson style. I, buddy, I opened this club face, and I swung as hard as I could, bladed the heck out of this ball, went over the, the, the chipping green is to the, is to the side of the range, and I was facing the clubhouse and there's a big pine tree and this sucker i made good contact i keep that i didn't it wasn't necessarily a blade it was a like flush contact this thing with my 60 degree this thing went about 80 yards up in the air smoked this pine tree it fell straight down of course it hits the concrete walking path and bounces 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 down the front of the clubhouse and everybody on the range just kind of turned and looked. And I just put my wedge in my bag, grabbed my bag, and walked onto my truck. And that was the end of the range session. So I was like, oh, my gosh. I was, like, this close to hitting a window. So well, I think our next golfing adventure for Fudge and I will be Oak Harbor Golf Course, the golf course in Slidell. And I'm already intimidated by That's that. That's I look it up on Google Maps. I, I swear, every hole has water. Water. Oh, wait, there's more water. It's like, golly, I can't wait. I'm going to have to bring like 100 golf balls whenever we go. Tyler, I think you, instead of investing in a hitting yet, you need to invest in scuba gear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know who else might need to invest in scuba gear is some of these big 10 teams going over to California to play USC. I mean, we're talking Pac-12 late nights. They're going to be having day-long plane rides over there. Yeah, Big Ten at noon is that what they is that what they call it? They're going to yep. play at ten o'clock at big night. Noon, noon. The big noon kickoff. The big noon kickoff. <laughs> the worst thing ever invented of all the sports broadcasts. Yeah. So for those that don't know, UCLA and USC's 
bid to join the Big Ten in 2024 was officially accepted this past week. What What are y'all's thoughts on that? Tyler's our our, well, SC, our then, college football analyst. I'll actually so. go second on this one since you know Jacob. You know all he hears about is SEC, SEC on this show. So since SEC, he's your Big Ten, let's, let's talk about him. It's so, in our intro. Yeah, we're, we're all you gotta hear is SEC in the intro, and then finally, let's talk about the Big Ten yeah. for a minute. Hey, here's your spotlight. Go ahead. It's all, all right. you. So, number one, I said, let's go backwards, actually. So, what happens when we get to the end of the season? we got to play the Rose Bowl. It's always Pac-12 versus Big Ten. What's going to happen? That's it's it. going to be the Big Ten Bowl. It's the Big Ten. It's got to be Oregon. Hey, you can't hang on Utah. Utah has been looking good the past few years. Mark my words, Utah will be a playoff team this year. BYU. I think Utah is the best team. BYU is independent, brother. Yeah, they're not. Well, I think Notre Dame. Well, that's just let Jacob get in. Yeah, So, I think the biggest thing is is that you're going to have to find a way. Now that you've added two more teams into the mix, they're both going to be in the West. So, a lot of guys in the a lot of teams in the East won't play too much they'll play like i guess every two years um i believe so it's kind of so you'll play probably ucla one year and usc next year uh but it's going to be very interesting we're going to take a brief break to hear a word from our sponsor what's up everyone let me tell you about a company called anchor if you haven't heard about anchor by spotify it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place let me explain Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So in 2016, Penn State played USC um, in the Rose Bowl, and it was the craziest game uh, after halftime. You get to halftime, Penn State is blowing out USC, uh, and basically it was a non-existent battle. Uh, basically in the top seven or eight. Um, and second half, it was like Penn State never came out of the locker room, and USC just ran them over. Um, and it came all the way down to the wire in the fourth quarter with just a little bit of time remaining. So I think you're going to see little rivalries because people don't understand like a lot of postseason um, and bowl game rivalries that happen with the big 10 and, and the pac 12. Um, it's kind of the thing, I guess. Um, but it's going to be weird because who's going to, what team is going to step up between UCLA and USC and step up in at least give Wisconsin a run for their money because nobody has in recent years. Um, it's just either Iowa or Wisconsin bringing home the Big Ten West every year. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's, you know what's an interesting point? Um, this is Lincoln Riley's first year as head coach. I, I wonder if he knew something going on, you know, if this was in the works and that's why he went to USC. Because um, you go from – a Pac-12 conference that doesn't really get any recognition when it comes to the playoffs. So it's like, why would he leave Oklahoma, who's been in the playoffs like three out of the past six years or something crazy, to go to the Pac-12 where they don't get any national recognition? 
I wonder if he knew something was going was in the works in the background to, to make him jump to USC that he knew they'd be in the Big Ten. So, you know, they said in the last few months that they've, I guess, been talking about this and wanting to make this move. Um, and I think that's probably, yeah, I do think that was probably an underlying uh, reason why Lincoln Riley went to USC. Um, and I think he was kind of feeding his recruits saying, hey, look, this might happen. Um and of course, they're going to go. Well, we get to play Ohio State, you know, and that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't think they care about the travel or anything. I mean, it's it's a bunch oh, of yeah. They're uh, flying private jets. The players don't care. Different. I'm curious. Funny. I'm curious if the fans will travel. I mean, who's making a trek from California to Ohio to watch your uh, team play USC, at noon? USC fans travel well. UCLA, not so much. They I don't even travel to their own home. Yeah, yeah I think the game versus LSU, there was more LSU fans than UCLA fans. And that was in Pasadena. Like, come on. Yeah, it's weird. I, UCLA, I'm surprised that they did this. Um, I think they just needed a second team. Um, and, of course, the two, you know, Southern California teams are, are yeah, going to make, make sense why it was UCLA after USC did it. I mean, it's not like they're going to have Oregon jump over because now Oregon's pretty much got the keys to the conference. Uh, I, I saw something Nebraska should go join the Pac-12. They probably won a Pac-12 championship every year. Yeah, I mean, and then transitioning too. I know we talked, you know, just a second about Notre Dame. Like, if Notre Dame was thrown into the mix and thrown into the Big Ten West, I mean, I felt like that was even a smarter move than putting USC or UCLA in there. I mean, put Notre Dame in there that can compete against – you want to talk about a rivalry between Wisconsin and, and Notre Dame? I said that would be something else. Um, and, and even Iowa and, and Notre Dame, I said that Indiana and Notre Dame, I mean, interstate rivals. So, I mean, those kinds of things I think are, are things that they should have looked at. But, of course, I know that the Big Ten sees their eyes light up. They see money. and, and Yeah, a lot of money to be made out there in California for sure. Correct. Um, I mean, from USC standpoint, I don't. I guess maybe UCLA for the other sports like basketball, um, softball, and uh, wait, do they? Is their baseball team any any good? Or do they even have a baseball program? Yes. Yeah. They do have a baseball program. Chat. We literally just got a pitcher from. Well, <laughs> so they must suck. If if he's leaving, he's like, no, I don't even play the big no. They they won back in twenty. They've won a couple of national titles and went to Omaha several times. So yeah, their baseball program is it's definitely better than USC for sure. Yeah, I, I guess you got to think the football team might be flying on private jets, but what about the tennis team or you or you know the badminton team or the underwater basket weaving team? Like they're gonna have a long bus ride. That's all I gotta say. Well, Tyler, what you what you taking all this as the ho- as the host of SEC Talk? Well, the, as the host of SC Talk, I can't wait till we see these California boys see snow for the first time. They go from like 72 degrees and, you know, like California blue skies, and they got to travel all the way to Rutgers where it's like negative two and like a blizzard oh, going on. It's New there. Jersey. Give me a break. It ain't Whatever. even there. You know, old Penn State, probably snowing. It's tush off over there. It's snowing right now in July. Let's be real. Yeah, probably, but. I just think that we're nearing uh, two super conferences. You're going to see a, a diversion between the Pac-12 and the, and the Big Ten and then the SEC and the ACC. So pretty much the Big 12 and all the other conferences are going to be left in the dust. So 
I think uh, the Big Ten isn't done uh, adding these teams. We could see more Pac-12 schools. I know that Oregon is trying uh, to be uh, another addition to the Big Ten, but I don't think that the Big Ten wants any part. I know you're shaking my head, but I think it's going to be coming. Uh, we could see – I think the possible team is Notre Dame, but does Notre Dame want to join a conference? Probably not. I think they're yeah, good. Think they're they're fine playing their little independent schedule. Yeah, I saw a meme today. It's said that there's going to be two super conferences, 30 teams in the East, 30 teams in the West, and then you're going to have Notre Dame in their own yeah. conference. Oh, you're going to have, like, Hawaii join the ACC, and then Notre Dame's still going to be chilling by themselves. Yeah. Uh, you can't have Hawaii join the ACC. It'd be the same thing as, as USC traveling to Rutgers. No, 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 no. Think about it. Think about it. Hawaii is in what? Where it's is the Hawaii? the Pacific Ocean, is it not? What does the ACC stand for? The Atlantic Coast? <laughs> well, it is on a coast. It makes no sense. It's the point. It makes no sense for a California team to go play in Ohio. I agree. Like, no, I'm not arguing that point. Uh, I, no, I think that's crazy. I, I don't. I don't like it one bit. I don't like 30 teams in one giant thing. Hawaii could join the Pac-12 and they could fly east or west. It's still have the same amount of time to get to California either way they left the island. So it would work out just fine for them. So, I mean. Backtrack of what I was saying. Uh, I was. I think that the actually the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are going to try to form an alliance. I think that the Big 10 and the SEC are pretty much the one-two punch. So maybe the SEC movement, could we see a Clemson, could we see a Florida State or a Miami join the SEC next? Who knows? And I know that you were talking about the divisions. I think the divisions are going to be no more in the Big 10. 16 teams is just way too much for – it's called the Big Ten, not the Big Sixteen. Yeah, well, it's going to be the Big Sixteen now, so they're going to have to rebrand. I mean, they could, you know, keep the same logo. I mean, the G works for the six, uh, kind of, I guess. Uh, but uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts uh, about this? Uh, you, do you think it's good for the sport? Or do you think it's bad for the sport of what's going on with all these realignments? I mean, my biggest thing that I would like to see, and I heard it on the ESPN Sunday morning radio show today, uh, and I've mentioned it before, I think Wade's also brought it up, The uh, they should adopt something like the Premier League does over in Europe for soccer. You have your different tiers, which cracked me up because the guy that was was talking about this said, you've got your tier one teams, he rattled off a few, he said, you got your tier two, like Texas A&M, he was from, he was an LSU fan from Baton Rouge, so he took a little shot at Texas A&M, I think he said your tier two, Texas A&M and USC's of the of the world, and the lady said, I don't think Jimbo Fisher's going to really appreciate you calling Texas A&M a tier two team, uh, but they are, so get over it, Aggies, uh, but you've got your different tiers, and as your season progresses, and as you do better, you do worse, you move up and down, to where you've got teams like Vanderbilt getting kicked out of the SEC and you got a smaller school jumping into the SEC. That would be something very interesting to see, but I think with how maybe in a professional sports world it works like it does in soccer, but I don't think you could really make it happen in a college sports, mainly because all of the co- all of the sports that are involved in colleges um, so it's going to be tough that way to, I guess, have different sports jump into different conferences and things like that. Um, one thing that I, I read was with UCLA and USC 
going to the Big Ten and, you know, other schools, I'm sure, jumping conferences, it's going to really hurt some of the smaller schools that have a smaller academic budget because they are uh, not academic budget, um, athletic budget, because they really depend on this trickle-down effect. you got the big schools in your conference winning money, winning championships, but then these smaller schools are not going to have any money when all these big schools are joining one conference. It's all leading up to, I mean, I've just been bargaining for the, you know, the group of five to just go to do their own thing, you know, like the FCS, have their own playoff, have their own national championship. I know Jacob doesn't like that, but I mean, they got to be seeing like all these schools jumping boats, you know, going to, you know, creating these mega conferences that are pretty much, you know, some fans think is ruining the sport. I'm, I'm kind of a wait and see or what happens. I'll wait a couple of years whenever USC, UCLA, and then Texas and Oklahoma, whenever they join. And then we'll, I'm sure th- there's this is not going to be the end of it because I'm sure a lot of these other schools are going to find uh, more opportunities to join these conferences. So I just think that the group five just needs to go on, do their own thing, and just have their own playoff and, you know, have their own national championship because under the system, they're it weren't really aren't respected anyways back in 2017 UCF ran the table went undefeated and they didn't even make the playoff and then obviously this year Cincinnati made it I mean it wasn't a close game but I mean no one was going to play Alabama close this year other than Georgia who beat them in the national title so I just think that the group of five needs to do their own thing I saw a meme today with UCF that said they're going to make their own conference, conference <laughs> champions, and no one's going to join it. So they'll be conference champions every year. Join the champions of life. Yeah, they'll be their own thing. Well, here, Tyler, like, like I think Chet and I are trying to make the point. Like, we have to think outside of like football itself, though. Like, well, we I am to too with that because I think they deserve a chance at the other sports too. Yeah, I mean, we got to think about it all in the sense that. But I mean, I'm just talking football because that's the money maker here, <laughs> and that's yeah. all these schools really care about in the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, it makes the money, and it, it, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're gonna see issues even when you come to like college baseball, even at the end of the year. I mean, if there's even a sense that like in football, if why doesn't a team like Nebraska go to the FCS and if they decide to say, hey, look, we're going to stay here and try to be that group of five team that makes it into the playoff, and are they good enough to be a group of five team that makes a playoff run? I mean, they might do that too. I mean, there's a bunch of options for schools that just don't compete like Vanderbilt. Um, for example, I mean, that that's just – one school or two schools that really um, could benefit from doing something like that. So I think, uh, I think there's a lot left unanswered. Um, and I but just we think we won't know the answer for at least a few more years. Yeah. All these so, people moving just, it, well, I mean, the thing about it is we're going to see the big 10 in action before we ever see the sec in action with Texas and, and Oklahoma. Yep. So yep. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really going to get a test with the Big Ten yeah. first, and that's going to be either going to be successful. One of the two. Yeah, and if we were fortune tellers or could see the future, we'd be very rich because I'd be putting a lot of money on these guys winning these golf tournaments. I can tell you that. Uh, but you know, we could we could sit here and talk about it all day, but we won't really know until two years from now when it all happens. 
You know, and speaking of people jumping teams, we got to talk about our man, Mr. Kevin Durant. Once again, wants another trade. And I saw before we started the show, guess who wants them? Um, the Golden State Warriors. Wow, they want him back. They want they, him back. Huh. Like they, <laughs> they need him. <laughs> right, like they need him. But they would, they were, I can't remember. I, uh, I know Andrew Wiggins was one of the players being traded. Believe Jordan Poole was a possibility. Oh, I don't I know. Then he might not have been on that list. They had about four or five guys they were going to trade to the Nets for KD. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, the Warriors wouldn't have won at all. Yeah, they're the future of the Warriors. Yeah, they are. Right. I mean, once Steph and Clay are out the door, I mean, this is this is going to be the the future of the Warriors. I mean, it's yeah. gonna be so it should be. He's not thirty-seven. He, he, that, but, and yeah. then people were talking for the Pelicans to trade B.I. and Zion. I was like, are you out of your mind? No, whatever. I saw I saw B.I. and Herb Jones in a trade. I don't I like the I don't want to trade for anybody. The Pelicans team that we have this year we had this year scrappy. Not moving. Not moving. Zion's gonna be healthy. I'm fine with them picking up people in free agency. Well, I wouldn't trade for anybody. Um, and speaking of Zion, he signed his rookie max deal, that's, which very mixed feelings on that, but it's a investment. You know what he can do. He's been hurt, but he didn't look too hurt when he came out with that new Jordan commercial. I don't know if y'all saw that. And the dude was yeah. a lean, mean wrecking machine. He was on a wire. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was all edited CGI stuff. Of course. What are your thoughts, Tyler, on this on this rookie extension he signed? I think uh, it kind of, like, goes towards that Kevin Durant, like, rumors. I think whenever Zion reached the max extension, that was pretty much it. So, I think the Pelicans, the only way that they were going to get Kevin Durant is package Zion and then probably either kind of a like maybe a Trey Murphy in the deal, like a Herb Jones. And you're going to have a lot of multiple draft picks because, I mean, it took four first-round picks for Rudy Gobert, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Uh, but – uh, I'm excited for this uh, Pelicans uh, season, this coming up season. Uh, I mean, a lot of young talent, especially getting Zion back on the court. I'm going to say right now, this is going to be a top six uh, seed at least. Yeah, I think they have a chance to win, to win a playoff. I mean, I, I think that they're going to be the Grizzlies uh, of, of this upcoming year. Well, here's the NBA playoffs. Here's the thing. The problem is, is I don't – we haven't really seen a team triumph through like the whole play-in tournament thing um, and win a series. So the test is is that you really have to make it through the play-in. So you have to be outside of you have to yeah. be that six seed. If you're not that six seed, you're in trouble, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to play some games before you even get to the playoffs. That's why teams get burnt out. I mean, the Pelicans probably. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they couldn't stick with the Suns for the latter half of that series is because they were gassed. I mean, it's, yeah, they had already played uh, two playing games. Yeah. yeah. So. And then traveled to LA to play the Clippers, you know, and then turn around and come back home. So, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Um, and I think that the Pelicans do have a huge future, kind of like Memphis and, and even Houston's probably, the Rockets are probably Houston had three. a really, really good draft. Houston's a dark horse. Yeah. yeah, I mean Houston's probably three years out realistically from a playoff appearance. I would say, 
Um, they need a little bit more, uh, I would say, veteran talent, I would say. Because um, right now you got a lot of young guys. Well, that's the same thing that you had in Detroit with the Pistons. You just see what they did, um, and they've gone all in on the youth and everything. So I, I think that that's the big push, and I think everybody saw what Memphis did with such a young group of people and said, that's what we want to do is just get young guys and just push for the playoffs every single year. Well, that's how you develop like superstars. Yeah. Because teams like teams like the Warriors and and, uh, even teams like Phoenix, like the Suns, um, they're the older teams, I would say. Um, I mean, realistically, Curry, Thompson, and Draymond, I mean, they're not going to be around for that much longer when we're looking at it. Um, They've got probably six, seven years left, I would say. Um, And that's that's really it. Um, Pushing it any more than that's kind of a lot. Or that'd be pulling a LeBron James. But, I mean... Steph wants to play with his daughter in the NBA. Is that his plan? Oh, God. Um, But, no, I like... I think youth is is the big thing right now, and the draft kind of cemented that. Um, and I guess to Tyler's point, you know, if we want to talk about the Rudy Gobert trade, I mean that. Well, that's what I was going to get into. Uh, the COVID spreader himself has been traded from the Jazz to the Timberwolves, which and the Timberwolves drafted a lot of big guys. So I'm wondering if they're sending a message oh, to Carl Anthony Towns, like, hey. Think about it. They traded away their big guy. They yeah. they drafted – they got the pick from Memphis to draft Walker Kessler from Auburn. He's in the trade package. I don't Rudy know why Gobert. Memphis did that. That was dumb. Well, no, they didn't get up higher so they could take the kid from Wake Forest. <laughs> it, it, it's it's weird and it's crazy, but I think it's going to be – Strange looking to see Gobert and you got the Carl Towers Allen. over there in Minnesota. Yeah, really. And then, but what does this mean for Donovan Mitchell now? Uh, I mean, he's really the only player on the Jazz. At this I point. think the Jazz are going to get blown up. I just feel like is they're going to be in rebuild mode. So we could possibly see Donovan Mitchell. It probably I don't know if it's going to happen this off season or not. Probably not likely. I think that Donovan Mitchell is just going to stay on the roster, but. I think a lot of key pieces, you know, they get Patrick Beverly. So, I mean, they won't lose that much defense from Rudy Gobert. So, I think uh, Jazz might be pretty solid. And you get Walker Kessler, who I love watching at Auburn. I love that Auburn team. I was trying to pull for them all the way, but they got outed by Miami uh, in the second round of the tournament. So, yeah, whatever. You didn't even put no money on their hurricane. Go off. Every time that, you know, we do this March Madness tournament, this man Chet picks Miami to go all the way and win the national title. What does he do this year? Picks them to probably to win one game and then bounce out of the tournament. Yep, that's exactly what I did. The one year <laughs> I didn't pick them, they had a great, great postseason. So, but I mean, uh, the NBA free agency, it's just insane. That's why I don't buy basketball jerseys because <laughs> you never know who, who's going to play. I bought a Tyler. You gave me a Lonzo Lakers jersey. The next year, he's on the Pelicans. I bought a Pelicans jersey from Lonzo. Boom, gone. Who? 
Where is he now? Like, so I mean, he's I got the Star ones. I have a Jaw one. He'll be there in Memphis forever. CJ McCollum will be in New Orleans until he retires. So I'm good. Hopefully, I'm good. Cross my fingers that I'm good on the jerseys. I have there a Zion are, one. It's the only one I have. There <laughs> yeah. are guys that are franchise guys. They're the, that's a franchise player. And then you have guys that bounce around. I mean, everybody thought that KD was a franchise player in OKC. Westbrook. He's been on five teams in the past five He's years. He's about to be on another one if if they flip uh, Kyrie and uh, – Yeah, that's another thing. Kyrie uh, possibly going to the Lakers, which yeah. if on we the Lakers, I'm keeping Westbrook. Last week. I mean, give, him, give Westbrook another year because you don't want Kyrie in your locker room. No. I don't think – well, here's the problem. I don't think they want – Westbrook in the locker room anymore. To be honest. That's what I think they're trying to deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's honestly it. I mean, number one, he, to New Orleans. His worst no. career. Shooting we from have the a good field. locker room over here. We don't need no knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Worst career shooting from the field last year with the Lakers. Um, turnovers were insane. The most I've ever seen from Westbrook in a season. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think Brooklyn wants him. I don't think the Lakers want him. That's why I've had this conversation with multiple people, and I said, for that deal to go down, for Kyrie to go to the Lakers and them to get Westbrook off the books is a three-team deal. If it's not a three- or four-team deal, it's not going to happen. And include Ben Simmons in that deal while you're at it. He's sitting there just taking in his money. He doesn't care where he goes because he's not going to play. It doesn't matter to him. I mean, he might as well go to L.A. I mean, yeah, he, he might, might as well, well go to L.A. and just sit by LeBron and make millions. But here's the deal. He can hang out on the bench. Yeah. Here's how it goes full circle, though. KD's only going to go to a big city. We've seen that. I mean, he went from OKC, small city, to well, his top two are Phoenix and Miami, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he wants to go to big. He Can you imagine him on Phoenix? I mean, that'd be the missing piece that they that would put him over the top I with mean, Devin be, Booker and Chris Paul. Beat again. Yeah. But so, what are they going to do with somebody like? They would have great? to. They would have to package like Aiton and Cam Johnson at least in that yeah. in that deal. More than that. I well, mean, well, yeah, they're going to have to give like 6,000 first-round picks and then Cam Johnson yeah. and then, <laughs> well, shoot, Chris Paul. And free sandwiches like they do in NBA 2K, like 19. You get traded for a, a free sandwich platter. Remember that, Tyler, when you play yeah. five player? <laughs> They'll have to throw in some free steaks at Ruth Chris or something for the owner. Well, you know, if the Falcons try to go up to KD, is some crispy, crunchy chicken is their – Sponsor some boudin, some, uh, <laughs> some crawfish, send that up there. But if you're in Miami, like, what do you package to get Kevin Durant? Would it have to be like a Tyler Hero or like a yeah? yeah. It has to be Tyler Hero. Oh. I think Butler. I think Butler could stay. I don't want to see Hero in think, Brooklyn. I think Tyler I Hero, Hero Jersey too. No, he can't leave Miami. This is ridiculous, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It it seems strange because I think Hero and Kyle Lowry have to be on the move in order to get KD. Um, but, like, it's funny for, like, cash considerations. Are they just going to throw, like, when they when they say, like, these trades and they give draft picks and then they go just cash, like, 
Is there just five thousand dollar gift cards to a steakhouse? What is the cash? Like, what are we talking about value? And then MLB like, oh, we traded our left-handed pitcher for cash considerations. Well, how much cash did we get? (laughs) What do they do with the cash? Do they upgrade the stadium? Like, (laughs) like. do we like buy like hot dogs for the week for our homestand? Like, shoot, what are we doing with this money? More and just go five dollars for you, five dollars for you. <laughs> we as fans should know. Give it out the gate or something. You. Does it buy new new sod for the for the field? Do they get new dugout seats? Do they get a lifetime supply of sunflower seeds? I mean, what is this? Does this cash? I don't know. Go to. That we need would to do an investigation. Cool. That would make baseball hilarious in the fact that, like, your pitcher would come back and he's probably in the bullpen and there's just guys that are completely drunk in the outfield heckling him saying, ah, we traded you for that nice new bullpen out there. You see that thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it shifted gears to the MLB. Uh, Tyler, if you want to take this away with old Mr. DeGrom possibly hitting the free agency after the season. Yeah, this was hinted at uh, old Buster only. Uh, an old-time MLB reporter from the lovely ESPN Wide World of Networks. All right, this is his quote. Uh, there's a lot of, like, hate, you know, from the Mets fans, from the Braves fans. So, here, here's – this is my quote. Don't come at me. There is a perception in some corners in the industry that if Jacob DeGrom follows through with what he said in the spring and opts out of the Mets contract, the Braves will be the favorite to land him. What do we think about that, fellas? I'll let you take this one, Fletch, because you're all a White Sox fan, so I don't care what the Braves do. <laughs> no, you're an Astros fan. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm an Astros fan now. I think that's insane in the sense that where's he going to fit in the Braves' bolt, like, well, in the Braves' rotation? One of them has to go. <laughs> Either Sorry, Freed, Kyle, or Morton. Freed, Freed or Morton has to go in that sense. Well, Morton's probably going to retire soon. He's, like, getting that's up what, there. He's near his 40s, so. Hey, on a side note, Morton freaking dealt Yeah, he, he did. In Cincinnati. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, so, they, they ended I, up losing, so it didn't matter. Yeah, he, he dealt through six innings, and that, that was that was pretty good. But yeah. um, just that was a side note. But I think that Freed would have to be on the move mm. because uh, it's DeGrom. They're not I dealing think. Freed. Yeah, well, then I just think it's Buster's Grom, though. I think Buster's yeah, point but is the Grom. His main thing is he has the stuff, but it seems like every season he's getting hurt. And speaking well, like of him getting hurt, I do want to add he pitched a single A assignment tonight. His stat line: uh, he faced six batters, he pitched two innings, he struck out five, and he beamed one guy right. with a fastball over a hundred miles guy. an hour. Just single A, yeah. So imagine being a single A player. You find out you're facing Jacob Degrom, like you're single A. I'd be walking up to the bat like I'd be like shaking in my boots or with the. He he reached 100 miles an hour six times in his first appearance since July 7th, last July. In over a year, this is the first time he's pitched at any level. And he threw over 100 miles an hour six times. And one of those times was hitting somebody. So I would, I would love to have seen the catcher for that single-A team. Oh, There's yeah. Two. You think about the batters. Think about the catcher. This guy catches that ball. Well. Hey, give me a curveball. And he just shakes him off and gives him a hundred down the plate and just sits him on his rear. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's just months of, 
of just pain and agony. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that they put him in single. Like, come on, man, put him in triple A or something. Like, give give these guys a break. I mean, Scherzer's pitching in. I don't. He's pitching in double A, I think, right now. Yeah, for the Rumble Ponies. Dude, and I ain't seen a turnout like that to a sing, uh, to a double A game in a minute. That was crazy. I think there was an empty seat there, uh, which was crazy. And I saw a picture of him like before the game, you know, and he's like, his thing is he always like zones out and he's like so like tunnel vision. And that man is literally just it's double A baseball, and it's like, bro, he doesn't care one iota what happens in this game. He just wants yeah. to get back there. And that man was just tunnel vision. And that was that was pretty crazy. Well, I saw something. I bet his double-A team, teammates love him from this. They had like a $7,000 dinner of him. And they also get like, Serger gave him all AirPods. Like, what a guy. Like, just to give like, you know, I'm just here, you know, for my rehab assignment. Let me spend my 7000 You know, I'm making multi-million dollars with the contract I have with the Mets. And here you go. Here's some AirPods. He's helping. He's helping out. Uh, helping out his double A players. I mean, yep. I'm sure they'd be like, "Hey, thanks for the AirPods, but how about you pay for my rent for the next couple <laughs> yeah. months or something?" Yeah, I'm serious, dude. Come on. So that's crazy. Uh, a little around the league, looking at the headlines from the MLB. Uh, this one's from Houston. Astros notch twenty sh- uh, strikeouts today and win over Los Angeles Angels. As an Astros fan, or I guess a uh, since I moved to Houston, I have to be one according to Tyler. Yep. The Astros have been on a heater lately. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Mr. Michael Trout. He went 0 for 11 with nine strikeouts in this uh, series. I bet Wade hates that. He, he's, he's got Trout on his fantasy team. Yeah, and I want to talk about this fantasy matchup we had last week. What is this stat correction that, give Wade, that gives Wade the win? I was beating them, I think, by three points. Yeah, and then all I of a sudden, it earned was, yeah. a run, wasn't it? Was an wasn't an earned run? I and think you were up three ninety nine. I think the final was like three ninety nine to three ninety seven. Yeah, I think the commissioner needs to look into this. Yeah, like the morning of Zach Gallon, ESPN corrected it. I think it was like an error that it was. So it was like went from two earned runs to one earned run. So we got the win by one singular point. And I, Wait, like I said, what that cuz of what, what do we know? What play? I don't know. We had to there go was, back. It was originally an error, and then they decided it was a, uh, or it was originally a hit, and they said no, that's an error, or something like that. Was it the was it the Arenado uh, cycle? I don't know. I was going to make him a man. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> All I know. what happened the other night was Arenado was uh, like a double or a single away from the cycle. And he was legging one out at first in the – I guess he hit it to third and the third baseman overthrew it. And it went into the outfield and uh, he went to second and got to second and they scored it as a base hit. And he had, he hit for the – so I wonder if they changed it the next day, you said? Yeah. So it, they might have changed it back to an error. I don't know. That might have been what happened. I don't well, know that takes away his cycle also. Huh. That sucks. Well, well like, like I the, said in our group you know, chat. And that was the first cycle since 2005 for the Cardinals. It's been wow. that long. Dang. Wow. It's been that long. I thought that, like, Pujols would have got a couple. Yeah, it's like, you mean to tell me that Albert Pujols didn't get a cycle somewhere in there? Or I don't know how many triples he hit, though. I mean, that's a big boy around yeah, those places. 
You probably hit a lot of dingers over there in Bush Stadium. But like I said, like in our group chat, like it's like well, this is just for fun, you league, you know, nothing for money. But like I was saying to to Chet and Wade, if this was in our fantasy football league, I don't even. I think we would have to call like a police report or something on Chet. Yes, dude, some heads would have rolled. I would have come unglued if I lost, like, in the playoffs of fantasy football from a stack correction. Yeah, that would, that would be unfortunate. Oh. Like, you would lose out on, like, imagine that happening, like, in the championship. Like, yes, I won, like, our big payday. And then you wake up in the morning, well, I got second place in our league. Well, that sucks. Yeah, that would that would be awful. Uh, so, I guess, you know, we've been recording this for a little over an hour now. Uh, we have our, it's been a few weeks, but NASCAR Neil update is back. I don't even know what the race was this week. That I, It's no no guess that I don't watch NASCAR, but we have included NASCAR Neil as our honorary fifth co-host for the NASCAR Neil segment. And we're planning on next week having him on live recording for the show because he's been to the racetrack before and he wants to give us what he, what he thinks is going to happen. But this past week, finished out today, they had another first-time winner in Tyler Reddick, who is a solid young driver, and he's a two-times Xfinity Series, which I just canceled my Xfinity internet. Uh, I switched over to AT&T because Xfinity raised their prices. It's a little sidebar there. Uh, Two-times Xfinity Series winner, who was destined for a big win this season. So that brings the total winning drivers to 13, leaving only three playoff playoff spots open for points with two wild card races left. So stay tuned in folks for the next two races because they have big playoff implications in the NASCAR world. All right. Yeah. So I, and that was a, that was at uh, the quick trip to uh, 250. Um, and that is in Wisconsin. There you go. Of course. Big, big Ten school. Clutch breaking the knowledge. If it's a Big Ten state, Jacob's going to know about it. So, it's, hey, you California fans, get all your intel from here. Big Ten himself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I want to give a, a special shout-out to NASCAR Neil for that segment. I also want to give a special shout-out to friend of the program, Big Mike. He took home third in Nationals. Um, he, he said he wanted first, which – we all wanted him to win first, but hey, third is nothing to laugh at. That is yep. super impressive from our boy, Big Mike. Yep. Uh, I can't remember. I believe uh, on his clean and jerk, he hit 160 kilograms. I'm, correct, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Big Mike, but it was one of his PRs. Um, and he also had a PR on the snatch, which the clean and jerk, that's more than his body weight that he's doing. He's putting over his head. Yeah. So, I mean, that is insane. Yeah, so, it was very impressive. I mean, I was able to tune in. and I wasn't able to tune in because I was on an airplane oh. flying over the ocean. So, But I texted him as soon as I land, get the scoop. I mean, big day in Vegas for him uh, and big things to come for Big Mike. Yeah. We'll have him on again, of course. There's going to be a lot of gold medals. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. We'll definitely have him on at the show again when he's got another meet coming up. Kind of give us his rundown, what's going yeah. on. So... Uh, but that kind of wraps up the show this week. We were shorthanded, so safe travels to Wade. He's probably he's traveling from South Carolina to Louisiana uh, tonight. So, what state you think he's in right now, Tyler? Uh, I'm thinking Florida, Florida, somewhere Florida. in the Panhandle. Okay, I'm gonna put my bet. He definitely stopped in Atlanta, Georgia, probably just doing a hotel. You know him. 
I wouldn't even doubt if he goes to catch the, the Cardinals in the Braves game tomorrow night. <laughs> no, extend the trip that extra day. Yeah, extend the trip. Like let let the company know, like, ah, well, I got I gotta do this uh, project over here in Atlanta. Sorry. Hey, just tell him he's got COVID. Just go yeah. ahead and extend it by next week. But uh, safe travels to our fourth co-host, Wade. We hope you get home safely, and we look forward to having you on next week. Uh, we want to plug our socials. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Sports Scramble 4. Send us any questions, any topics you want to talk about. We are open to any suggestions. Uh, and we appreciate everybody listening to this week's show. Catch you all next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.